0: Hello and welcome to The Loudspeaker, your definitive guide on how to scale your startup. This first tip for every fintech startup is... What are the media and press saying about us? How are we being perceived by these people? Peer stunts are any activities that allow you to engage with the audience. I don't agree with the fact that our publicity is good publicity. Here is where we talk to communications professionals from all around the world, to let you know what are the best practices and cool ideas that you can implement for your startups. Can you tell our listeners who you are and a little bit about your background in marketing and social media, please, Courtney?
1: Definitely. Well, my name is Courtney Sandora, and I own Go Social, um, and I've had this business for about ten years. But when I first got into the marketing game, I was definitely on the public relations side. So I was trying to get, you know, clients in magazines, and TV, and newspaper, and I kind of fell into the the whiskey world, actually, and, and which led me from New York to Chicago to Kentucky, where I've spent the last fifteen years. Um, And it was a great experience, but we were really trying to target a demo in their 20s. Um, And I just had this aha moment of, is this audience really waking up and watching, you know, TV in the uh, news programs in the morning? And I thought they're not, they're, you know, they're going on their phones and they're looking at social. And this was right when businesses started using Facebook. So not to date myself, but it was a while ago. Um, so I launched the first uh, Facebook page for Braun Foreman, which they own Jack Daniels and Southern Comfort and a bunch of wine and spirit brands. And it was just an incredible experience to get that immediate feedback right away from consumers, um, which seems silly now, because we've had social for so long. It's like if that excitement isn't really there anymore. But I, but I also love the ability to tell my story directly to consumers. So before I was having to wait for a journalist to agree and say, okay, yeah, I'll do this story. And now it's like, we could just say whatever we wanted when we wanted. And I thought there's so much power in that. So um, I started, like I said, my own company 10 years ago, and we do both PR and social media for clients.
0: Awesome. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to get into this because I think this is a really cool topic and something that I've thought about a lot in the past but like how does social media differ in terms of business to consumer and business to business? Uh, So I'd love to get your opinion. First of all, what are the best channels to target business to consumer and business to business?
1: Right. So one of the big mistakes we see people do is they're like, I wanna be on everything. And it's, that doesn't make a lot of sense, right? I'm a big believer in find your audience, pick a few channels and do it well. And I do think those vary, vary between B2C and B2B. Um, for B2C, I would say Instagram's really been the darling of the, of the moment for years now. And uh, you can definitely can get better organic reach on Instagram than you can Facebook. That said, I still think Facebook plays a role. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd probably do Instagram, but I don't think you should discount Facebook. It's still the largest universe, the largest audience. Um, and you have a slightly older audience on there. But, you know, depending on what you're trying to sell, it could be good because they tend to have more money. Um, so I definitely say Facebook and Instagram. YouTube's a great network as well. But the challenge that I have with a lot of clients is they don't have the video content, nor do they want to invest in the video content. So a lot of clients I work with, they'll have a YouTube channel, but it's more like, oh, we need a place to host this video. So we'll just throw it up on there. It's less of like a concentrated YouTube strategy. And I just feel like video, while people know it's great for social, they're still just not in a place where they're ready to invest in it. Um, so though, for, so for B2C, that would be my recommendation. TikTok's also great engagement, great reach. The, the issue I have with TikTok is it does skew younger. Now I have read that within COVID there's been more older people going to TikTok. I know personally I've been on it because it's the one thing that's made me smile during the shutdown. Um, and so I definitely think that's a network to watch, but I still feel like if I had to, if I had to choose one, it would be Instagram to reach consumers. And then on the b2b side i usually lean pretty heavy into linkedin and twitter i think if you've looked at linkedin over the last few years it's really morphed into almost a facebook like network um, and all these networks keep borrowing from each other you know you to see what instagram just did with reels trying to be like snap t- t- tick tock and so you know i mean you'll see that crossover a lot but i think linkedin used to be a place where you just went when you were looking for a job and now I feel like a lot of professionals actually hang out there um, and and spend some time there. And and especially LinkedIn groups too are great. And then on the Twitter side, I think Twitter, because people follow by interests, Twitter is a great network to look into. And especially um, if you're a type of company that does a lot with trade shows, uh, Twitter is great because you can kind of follow the hashtags with different trade shows on Twitter. And so it's a good place to target people. Um, if I had to pick one one network for B2B, it'd probably be LinkedIn.
0: That's cool. I think that sounds pretty accurate from like my use of all those social media channels. I have to say the only one that I haven't engaged with is TikTok. I don't know whether it'll be a matter of time before I, I go for that, but I also feel like I'm at a stage where I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered with any social media. I'm happy with the ones I got. <laughs> like, I'm just like, uh, it's <laughs> almost like-
1: here. You got to do it. <laughs>
0: I, I'm i sure I would enjoy it if I got into it, but I'm also like, oh no, I, I, I don't need another reason to like be on my phone. I mean, perhaps during COVID, yeah, definitely probably would have helped because I mean, like being on your phone is definitely a, a sweet release from being stuck indoors. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but at the same time, like now I'm like, I've set myself goals of being like, right, got to get out more, got to seize the day. So I'm like, all right, I, had, I don't I had, have an excuse to get on another social media, but I definitely see that and I definitely have associated it, like you said, with younger generations. So um, I don't know, maybe I'll get on that at some point. If you're interested in seeing how Publicize can grow your startup, sign up for a free PR assessment on our website. And for a limited time only, exclusively for the loudspeaker listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co/lspromo. Also, I was interested, like what you mentioned about YouTube. I think YouTube is one of those social media channels which maybe gets forgotten about like in the midst of the other ones, but I, I really do enjoy that. But I have to say, as someone that works in audio, and video content production. I have to say that definitely video is like the hardest to produce of all the the forms of content um, just because it takes so much longer and it takes so much more effort. But I would really like to discuss content more here and understand how does the content differ between these two target audience. So you've mentioned like what channels um, have what kind of demographic and what you would use for contacting I suppose your desired demographic but what should the content look like so say for example you're putting something on uh, LinkedIn for b2b or you're putting something on Instagram for b2c what kind of content would you produce for these
1: yeah so we we definitely I would say our mix of clients it tends to be more 70 percent b2c because we are more in the food and beverage and 30 percent b2b and I'll tell you when we're creating content for b2c it's usually all about entertaining right so you have a lot of permission to add humor um, or you know just like beautiful shots of cocktails or food it's I, I would argue it's kind of easier the b2c stuff because it's a lot you know you, the, when you look at your audience you could sell a hamburger to a lot of people. <laughs> But if you're on the B2B side and you're trying to reach like appliance repairmen, like, I mean, like, it's a different, it's just you have to work harder. And so I would say B2C is more entertaining. The content's more about entertaining, humor. It's more, it tends to be more beautiful, I would say, in general. And then on the B2B side, it's more about education. So it's kind of what kind of valuable information can you bring um, that you can teach someone something or show them their expertise? kind of a how-to. So the B2B I feel like is a a little bit of a different beast and when I'm we're creating content for B2B it usually requires a little more research because it almost I'm not saying that B2C is totally fluffy but B2B it tends to be more thought in it you know it's less about it's more about substance than style.
0: Mm. Like you really have to like pinpoint who you're going after it's kind of like casting a net I suppose. B2C is more, you're just throwing something out there, like a shotgun blast, whereas like a, uh, I suppose B2B to, B to B is more like a sniper sort of thing.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly, and you just have to be smart too, because if you're talking to an audience who's already in that industry, they probably know the basics, right? So what are you gonna offer them that's new? And a lot of times, like when I come in and I'm not familiar with that industry, that requires really educating myself and you know, talking to the thought leaders or the subject matter experts at those companies, so that I can pull out what's interesting, you know my background, I was a journalism major, and so I, I love that just by nature, like interviewing people and, and trying to find what's the story, what's the interesting thing, but it definitely takes more like work upfront to create content for B2B if you're doing it well.
0: Yeah, I'd like to know as well just out of interest. What's some of the best um, B2C content that you put out there or that you produce that you're really proud of? Obviously, like you said, it's it's got to be quite entertaining and enjoyable and creating content which people really like and really have fun with. I can imagine that that's to some extent difficult as well because you're competing with so much more online to grab people's attention when you're going after everyone like that. Like, have you put anything out there that you're really proud of, or that has gone viral, or anything like that?
1: <laughs> Sorry mean, to put you on the spot. Yeah, no. I I think anytime that we can kind of jump on something like a larger trend, that's usually good. Um, and I would say one of the things was in Kentucky, there's a soft drink that or I don't know what you call it, soda, pop, <laughs> whatever. We call it
0: um, fizzy in the UK. I think fizzy, fizzy? drinks. Yeah, fizzy Okay, drinks.
1: so it's a fizzy drink. And it's the oldest brand in Kentucky. It's been around like 100 years. And it's a really a cult brand. And a lot of people love it. And at the time that COVID first happened, the governor there was hosting like a five o'clock almost happy hour where people would sit and they'd hear the daily update with him. And and so one of the things we did for LA was it was like, you know, grab an LA and and listen to this governor. And we got social influencers involved. And everyone was kind of like raising a glass right before this kind of COVID five o'clock briefing happened. And we really just kind of integrated it. And it was kind of this Kentucky for Kentucky because it's such a, a brand that people loved. And I think at that moment, they kind of just wanted something to rally around. And so we saw people posting pictures of their like Zoom with the soda in hand, the fizzy in hand. And it was just kind of this... This nice moment where everyone just needed this kind of like little bit of joy during that time. So that was like a moment where we took a brand and then, but there was a larger conversation thing going on and we were able to insert the brand into that conversation. And it it just did well. And it was really cool to see people, you know, organically taking their own photos and sharing.
0: That's that. nice. Yeah, we definitely need more of that energy in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Finally, almost, almost done with the year. Just, yeah, keep going. Um, <laughs> I'd love to know as well, like, so my final questions to you is kind of a two-part question. Um, So I'm going to start with, what's your number one piece of advice for business to consumer um, that businesses that just, that want to step up their social media game?
1: So I would say definitely, and this kind of ties back to my, my background in PR. um, I know some people get really turned off by the term social influencer, but I, I very much look at as newsrooms are shrinking, the social influencers as a way to get your story out. And I think that posting on your own channel is just the cost of business. Like everyone needs to be doing that. But when you get on someone else's channel, that's so much more powerful. And it's, it's, it's almost like getting a hit in the newspaper or on TV or whatever, like getting that coverage on someone else and having someone else talk about your product is so much more powerful than talking about it on your own channel because you know you, those are the people that already know you and like you, but when you, you work with social influencers, those are the people that really will get you new reach and new audiences. So I would really tell people, Yeah, think about great content for your own channels, but definitely have a social influencer strategy where you're proactively going out, you know, seeking out the right people, making partnerships, whether it's an ambassador program, an affiliate program, a just, you know, basically a sampling. That's what we do for a lot of clients. We um, will send the product and then in exchange, they'll post about it. Um, But we try, you know, we work hard to identify the right people. So it's not just anyone, it's people with good engagement, people that make sense. But I would say that's the next wave of social. It's like, yeah, everyone's posting on their own channel, but now you need to think about how do I get on these other channels or how do I get Facebook groups or LinkedIn, well, not LinkedIn for B2C, but you know, Facebook groups talking about you. So it's like, think about places off your page where you could really reach new people.
0: Yeah, I think that's smart. And I, I can recognize a similar sort of strategy in podcasting. A lot of podcasters do that, like with collaborations with other podcasters. I myself have um, done it a, a few times. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see the benefit in that. And, and then my final question to you, it's kind of similar, but what is your number one piece of advice for business to business businesses that want sure. to improve their social media efforts?
1: I mean, one of the interesting things with B2B is that you know you live and breathe that industry every day. And so the stuff that you think is like, oh, this is common knowledge or not really interesting. Me as an outsider can come in and say, "Wow, I didn't know that's how dishwashers worked or whatever I do I do some work with GE appliances, which is why I'm bringing appliances. Um, <laughs> But so I would definitely look at your industry, look at your company, and say who who could, who are the thought leaders in here? And it's not always the CEO; um, it, it could be like the engineer who created that that project. Um, but everyone kind of has like an interesting story, their little piece of the puzzle, and and how that business runs, and interview those subject matter experts and then create thought leadership content that you can use as like a linkedin article which you can then share to linkedin groups um you know there's you could use like medium the network medium to put it on there you could put it on your company blog it's like once you create this rich content from the subject matter expert there's so many ways that you could take that one piece and really leverage it across different place digital platforms Um, You could break it up into tiny sound bites for Twitter. But really, I think a lot of people just don't realize the kind of wealth of knowledge they have in their own company and the interesting stories because they just take it for granted. They're like, oh, that's Joe, you know, he just, he's been working on refrigerators for 20 years. But it's like, he really, to the outside person, you know, or some of your key audiences, I'm sure that Joe has some really interesting points that, you know, they want to hear about. So really dig into your organization, find those people and create that content. And it's, I think it's worth the time because like I said, you can use it across multiple touch points
0: that's awesome I think that's really good advice and I can honestly say funnily enough that's how this podcast got started initially when we started the podcast it was to interview our staff members on different topics which they wanted to talk about or they felt they had something to talk about and uh, it was really impressive and interesting to talk with so many of my co-workers and really crack open their brains and just see like what they had inside and I was very impressed and now it's kind of evolved into Something more, but it was um, yeah. It kind of started off like that, so I can definitely see the value in that for sure. Yeah. Courtney, if people want to keep up with what you're doing, or follow you, or work with you, how can they do that? What's the best way for them to reach out to you?
1: Um. So on social, we're at the Go Social. So at the Go Social is probably the easiest way to uh, reach out.
0: Awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure.
1: Thank you.